my shorts. For the Dave Lee Down Under podcast, I'm of course your host Dave Lee, and this is episode seven. Struggling to get your headphones on there? Yeah, just trying to work it out. Of course, I'm joined once again by old mate Rick. We're How do you do? Still here in lockdown in Melbourne. Crazy. Oh uh, well, absolutely crazy. What can you do? Well, not a lot except for sit around and record a podcast. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah, of course, it's always very exciting. Of course, uh, this episode is going out on all podcasting platforms including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Still have not got to the bottom of Amazon Podcasts. No. Don't know what's no. going on there. So we'll figure that out. We're on some of the minor, the, the smaller ones as well. You can find us. Um, of course, the visual element, the visual element. Oh, I'm tongue-tied today. Visual element is available to view on YouTube, which goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters on the Saturday. Uh, but, of course, that goes live on Monday with all the audio versions as well. You can find me at YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under and over on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just search for me. I'll pop up. Otherwise, I've got links down in the description below of every podcast, the visual and the audio version. If you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email to DaveLeePod at gmail.com. If you're listening on the podcast pla- 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 platforms, I'm telling you, I'm tongue-tied. <laughs> well, you've been up, you've been up early this I've morning. been up since 5 a.m. this morning. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, we'd love you to leave a review and a rating. It does help. Only the good ones. As long as, the, as, long as it's good. You know what I found out the other day, actually? What? Um, the, well, obviously the iTunes store is region-specific, geo-specific, right? So if you go on the iTunes store, when you create your, your iTunes account, you create it specifically to what region you're in, right? Okay, so yeah. you create an Australian iTunes store account, if you're in the UK, you create a UK one, UK one yep. right? When you go to the when you go to any podcast on the on the podcast store, it will only show you reviews and star ratings from people in your country. Oh, really? Yeah. So we what can't see. Show? I don't know. It doesn't make doesn't sense. Doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same app, right? Bizarre. So I can't get on there and see whatever reviews, if any, have been left from America or from the UK. We can only see the reviews that have been left from Australia. Just oh. weird. So who knows? So, so I don't know. So there's no they, way of seeing them from overseas. No, not unless I get someone to send me like a screenshot or something, or I set up a iTunes US store account, which I probably can do, but I couldn't be bothered going to the effort because you got to sign in, and sign out, and uh, I don't know. But anyway. I think they'd make it a worldwide thing. Well, I would have thought so. All other apps do it. I don't know. I don't know. Surely there's a way they can, you know. Of course there is. Flick a switch. Just being annoying. Being annoying. Anyway. Flick a switch says worldwide. Well, yeah, exactly right. It's been another another uneventful week. Very uneventful week. (laughs) Really, nothing's happened this week. We're still in lockdown here in Melbourne, as I said at the top of the show. Plenty has happened this week. I've sat on my fat ass all week watching telly. Yeah, well, I've wor- I've been working my butt off this week, actually. Like, working long days this week. Yeah, very I've, long. I've chewed off, I've bit off a bit more than I can chew this month, content-wise. Oh, one, of my, one, of my, one of my tutors at college, when I was at college all those years <clears> ago, <throat> said, 
said um, that uh, you don't ever knock anything back. Mm-hmm. And if you take on more than you can chew, you just chew like buggery. Well, that's what I'm doing. I've got oh, – it was a big month of content. I'm just trying to, like, base a lot of, like, Halloween content, like seasonal content, which I don't often do. Um, so it's the first time I'm really trying to do, like, heaps of content for Halloween. And usually I do, like, the Cartoon Evolution, and then I would do, like, a ranking video every month and some little bits and pieces. I'm doing two ranking videos this month, plus the Evolution, and then all these other little bits and pieces as well. I don't know. So I'm just I'm, – I've just – It got to a point going. where I'm like – and I'm taking weekends off now too. Didn't, didn't last weekend. <clears throat> but no, not last weekend. And you probably won't this weekend. I won't either. this weekend. But what I've been doing recently is been trying to scale back on my hours and stuff. We record the podcast on a Friday. That takes a day out of my out of my working week. So I've got less time to do more. And it hit me last week. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm not going to get this cartoon evolution done in time. So I'm just crunching it. Bet you will. I'll get it done. It's nearly done, thankfully. I've just all the crunching. So a little bit of work over the weekend will be done. I can relax. There's been a couple of solid weeks on that, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, Probably. yeah, in between other things. Yeah. It's well, because, because I in all time, all your time, like it's oh, been yeah, probably exactly. a solid two weeks. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, easily, easily, so long. Um, but we did get to a shopping centre this week for the very first time <laughs> in God knows how long. Been a while. Months well, they're all, months. They're all closed. They're all closed and this one is still closed. Um, I had to go and pick up something. They were doing um, – the um, a lot of the a lot of the shopping centres in Melbourne are, are open, but the stores are closed. So you can do like uh, what's it called, click and collect. Yeah, and because like, they're only open because a lot of the lot of the shopping centres got food stores. Oh yeah, exactly. That are, some shopping, you know, one or two of the food stores are open in supermarkets. Yeah. Right? Um. So they're all open for that, but then all the other stores they've got staff in there, but it's like a ghost town. So you can go and you do a click and collect. And I went and picked up some stuff from EB Games because I'd pre-ordered some stuff and it had just been sitting there for months and I was like, oh, I need to go and just get it. I want to go and get this stuff. And you had to go and get something and we thought we'd just go and we'll yeah. just go, we'll just go and do, do one trip, go and do it. And we went and picked up our stuff um, and um, they do this thing now where we were standing outside the store and I'd rang them, EB Games, right, they won't take, they won't take your money at the moment. So these pre-orders, I had, I had to pay off the remaining, yeah, you know, total right. of them because I paid like a deposit, right? So you go, you, they rang me. They're like, oh, you can come and pick up your stuff, but we're not taking money at the moment, so you have to get a gift card, um, and then you call us with the gift card number, and then we'll take the money from the gift card. It's a really weird way of doing it. So, and that was a drama. And just getting the gift cards was a drama because they have suddenly decided that they're not taking gift card orders online anymore. So we had to buy them. No, you can't. You can't buy gift cards online. Is that what I said? You, no, you, you said they're not taking gift card orders. Oh, same thing. <laughs> you can't buy the gift cards, right? You can't. You can't buy the gift cards online. So then, they suggested, oh, you have to go to Woolworths, the supermarket, to to get a, a gift card. So when we were at the supermarket doing the weekly shop, we picked up all these EB Games gift cards, like six of them. And then I had to call them up the next day and read out like six cards worth of numbers. And then, then what are the numbers? Twenty digits oh yeah, long, or really something? long numbers. And then the pin code and oh my lord, it was a drama. So that anyway, they're like, okay, you can come and you pick them up. So I said, oh, like half an hour. So I got there, and you can see them inside the store. They've got the roller shutters down, and she picks up the phone and is like pointing to the phone. The girl behind the counter, right. <laughs> And I was like, oh, all right. So I, I, didn't, see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, she picked up the phone and pointed the phone. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I called him. And I'm having this conversation with this girl. 
I'm standing outside the store. I'm looking at her inside the store. She's on the phone talking. About, it's so weird. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was the one who called up like half an hour ago and, and paid for my pre-orders. Oh, yeah, I'll go and get them. So then she went and got them, gave them to someone else. He came out, opened the, the roller door. They have like a trestle table, like a portable table near the door. They come and put your stuff on the table and then step back so you can come and pick up your stuff off the table and like this completely contactless sort of thing. So weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. So bizarre. It's really bizarre. And then you had to get something from JB as well and they do the what's called the curbside pickup, so the yep. store-to-door. So you sit in your car and you call them and you say, I'm here, and they come and they bring your item out and they pass it through the car. The car window. And that's that's weird. It's that so itself. weird. It's so then we so had to, we weird. had to we had to jump in the car that was in one car park and then drive drive around yeah, to yeah. another car yeah. park and and find the mm. find the bays that we had to park in for JB. Yeah, that's that crazy. That was that was odd. It's so weird. It's that's just one thing. of the weird things. But you know, it'll probably it'll probably stay in. I'll probably keep oh, I doing imagine. it. I imagine they will when it's for a long over. time. For a long time. That's just so. That was weird. Yeah, so it was weird. Strange. But, but then, there was you're gone. No. Uh, right. Then I had to go back again yesterday. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and wasn't that a disaster? Fun. Another disaster. So we we, we got a, we got a couple of cars in the house. So when mm. we go out, I'll rotate which car I take. The other mm. day, I took your car out mm-hmm. and um, just to give it a run. Yeah, because I haven't been. Well, anywhere. I had the other shopping centre, so I went to the shopping to the shopping centre or the supermarket, and then I took. Your mother's car out, mm-hmm. and then I had to take mine out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took mine out yesterday. I went to the went to the to, to JB and do the curbside yeah. pickup. I got there, rang them. Um, they brought the they brought the couple of items that I'd ordered out within about ten minutes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. In that time, I sat in the car. The car was off, and um, <laughs> the radio was on. Yeah. They passed it to me. I went to start the car. Dead. Battery was dead. Unbelievable. And I uh, thought you were f- fucking kidding me. Crazy. And then, so I finished up having to ring the uh, ring uh, the RACV, which mm-hmm. is the you know in Australia the RACV or the automotive NRMA, club. NRMA or whoever they are in Australia, you know, whatever state is the automotive club. Yeah. So they came. Had to get them to come out and give me a jump start. <laughs> <laughs> and then Couldn't from there, I had to go to the supermarket. Oh, so I yeah. thought, oh, I better head back home. So I headed back home, picked up your mother's car, and took her car mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to trust mine to restart. So I'm either going to have to buy a new battery <laughs> for the bloody thing, which will, which is pissing me off because yeah. it's not that old. Mm. But I'll, you know, I'll throw it on the charger and see if it's okay. And hopefully, hopefully it is. You know, but just. Pisses me off, you know. And the and the the RACV guy said, he said, oh, you're not the only one. He said, I'm mm. having a lot of this trouble. He yeah. said, he said, cars are just sitting there, not being used at the moment. Yeah. And people hop in them, and the first drive, first drive, they they hop back into them. Often, often one of the cells in the battery dies. It's crazy. I don't think that's the case with my battery, but just we'll see what happens. Everything's we, drama. I'll give it a charge and see what happens. Yeah. Absolute dramas, yeah. man. It's just everything's so hard at it's the moment. It's just a pain in the ass having just to do it. These things you take for granted. Going to uh, the shops, going for a drive in your car and sit in your car listening to radio. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. just dramas, dramas. It's just nuts. Oh, but you know. But oh well. Shit happens. That's it. That's it. Uh, this week we've watched a little bit of stuff. 
I've been getting up every morning and watching my movies, of course, as I do before I get into work. I've been getting through the Universal Monsters legacy, the classic films, the classic Universal Monsters from the uh, like 20s through 1950s. Uh, it's been a bit of fun. I've, of course, watched the core films like multiple times. I love them. Uh, but I've never actually watched any like the sequels or anything. Oh, okay. So over the last few years. So you're talking about like Wolfman and well, Wolfman, Dracula, Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all those guys, right? So I've never watched any of the sequels. And so most of these franchises had like heaps of sequels. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, Son of Frankenstein, Son Ghost of Frankenstein. of Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein, right? And then you've got like The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man Returns, Invisible Woman, Invisible Agent, oh, uh, Invisible Man's know. Revenge. Didn't know there was that many of them. Yeah, there's so many of them. There's oh. like 35 films all up as part of the legacy. And they've got like offshoot films like The Raven and um, Haunted House. or It's just all these like offshoot horror ones that are not part of the main series. Haven't branched into them yet, but I've been wow. acc- I've been accruing the like the box sets, the legacy box sets they released over like the last three years. They did Dracula and the Mummy one year, then Frankenstein and Wolfman the next year. So I'm mean, collecting them, and finally I've got them all. And I thought, you know what? I'm making all this Halloween content at the moment. It's got me in the mood to finally go through these monster films. Some of them are like sixty minutes long, seventy minutes long. So I've been trying to get in like one or two every morning if I can. Some mornings I get in two, most it's only one. But I've been enjoying them. Some of them aren't great. Some of the sequels aren't great, um, but they're a bit of fun. So I've been enjoying them at the moment. Is it the um, um, God? It was was it Three Stooges? Three Stooges? Yeah, Shim. Did they do? Did they do any of the monsters? Oh, Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello. That's yeah, there's right. three. Yeah, there. yeah. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, meet the Invisible Man, meet. Oh, there's another one. The Wolfman? No, I don't know. There's another. Other oh, the, the Mummy. Having mummy. Meet the yeah, mummy yeah, as the well. mummy. That's right. I remember that one. And then they also did Abbott and Costello meet Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, but it's not considered part of that lineup. Oh. So I don't have it, unfortunately. I'd love to see it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're fun. I'm enjoying them. Yesterday I watched Invisible Man, one of the invis- Invisible Agent. Really weird. It's not even really a horror movie. It's like a spy war spy film where they use the Invisible Man technology to spy on the Nazis. And there's Nazis with British accents. It's just oh, weird. So oh, yeah. weird. Uh, just we- And then I watched Invisible Woman the, the night before, which had one of the Three Stooges in it, Shemp. And it was like yeah, a screwball right. comedy where this um, woman applies to be part of these um, tests with the, in- the invisible tech, whatever, the invisible tech. And then all these spies come in and try. It's weird. So some of them are just really weird movies. But they're fun. I'm enjoying them all at the moment. We didn't get through an X Men movie this week. No, we missed out. This we've no. only got a couple left, haven't we? We've got we've only got a, yeah we've got um, uh, Logan, yeah, and the two Deadpool ones. Yeah, that's so right. three, and we've seen them all. So we're not in a rush to kind of get into them. And I was oh, just, you, you've been busy this week. So I mean, so and busy. you probably will be this weekend. So we yeah, probably may not get another one. Unfortunately, but we'll see. But we've been watching a bit of television every night. Of course, when I wind down. I do give myself time to wind down in the evening. We will watch some TV yeah, after yeah, dinner. What, Ten o'clock. Yeah, about nine ten o'clock for a couple of hours. <laughs> now I'm in bed at 12 and up again at 6. Um, we watched, uh, we finished The Great. We were talking about this last week. We started The Great. So you, you just mentioned watching something with Nazis with British accents. This yeah. one, oh, this right. one gets me as well. <laughs> Russians with British Russians accents. Russians with really strong <laughs> British accents. So funny. Bizarre. It was a really good show. Great really show. Really good. I loved it. I loved Excellent it. Excellent show. One of the best not really I've one for the kiddies, time. though. It's no, certainly not. Certainly not for no the kiddies. No way. 
Now, this was a Hulu show. I wouldn't be letting a kid under about the age of 15 watch that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, no way. It's very full on in every respect. Um, but this is about, done by Hulu, who is, which is owned by Disney now. Yeah. So this is their like adult, sort of more mature offset brand from Disney Plus, which should be coming. Disney getting risque. Yeah, I know. Um, so that's part of Stan here in Australia. Stan has the Hulu stuff until Disney brings out their star, which is probably coming in next year, which will then strip all that material off Stan. But that was great. I loved it. Last week we, we said we started it. And then we finished it this week. So we, we just powered we through We powered it. through that. A couple of reps a night. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, oh yeah, good. I love it. I loved it. I loved it. And I actually said last week it was done by the guy who did the favourite and the lobster, but I was incorrect. Now, no one pulled me up on this. I'm surprised by because usually I get pulled up on things when I get them wrong. But it's actually written by the guy who wrote the favourite. Oh, uh, okay. Right? Tony McNamara, who's an Australian uh, screenwriter and playwriter. So, mm. Yeah. Really loved it. Great show. And we started one called Love Life, which is, I believe, an HBO Max show, one of the new HBO Max series uh, with Anna Kendrick. It's like a rom-com sort of thing. It's enjoyable. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not fantastic. It's not great. It's not, not great, groundbreaking. But it's just something really it's fun. light, light yeah. and easy to watch. Yeah, something late to at night wind down on. 30 don't minute. have to concentrate on anything. No, exactly. 30-minute episodes and mm. just easy. Um, right. And when we have time, we will watch... <laughs> Got it! Yeah, well, you got, got it, it this week. Got yes! It this week. Yes! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got it. He did it this week. Beautiful. All righty, cut it out, guys. Oh, that um, was funny. Yeah, Deadwood update. How many, how many did we get through this week? Two. Two more. Another two. It Another seems two. to be two a week. Yeah, it's the same number as the last two weeks. Two. Yeah. So this week we. We finished season one. Yes! Woo! We did it, guys. We got through season one of Deadwood, finally. That was a cut it out. That was about a fifteen year. Oh my lord! It feels like so long. And then we started season two. Yeah. So we're into the second season. We're going to get it done. And season two on that first episode looks looks like it's going to probably be better than season. Oh yeah, it looks really good. Well, now we've got Seth Bullock as now the sheriff of Deadwood, and he's going to war with um, Al. What's his name? Swerigen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just been, I've been waiting because you always hear about Deadwood. Oh, yeah, it's the sheriff versus that guy. And I'm watching the first season like, no, it's not. Yeah. But now it is. They yeah. just sort of oh, set it up. It's finally the first season. took that whole season to set, yeah. set up that like, yep. oh, which is why probably why it just took us so long because it was slow. I feel yeah. like now that it's getting better, we'll probably like want to power through, through it. it. Um, so we'll be back next week to say we got through one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but it's good. It's great. It's great. We're enjoying it, and we are getting through it. And I um, do want to say we were talking about television, and I have to reach across the desk here because I didn't put it next to me. But I've got, um, of course, this ninth season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Thanks to my amazing friends over at Umbrella Entertainment. Um, they've given me one copy of SpongeBob SquarePants Season 9 to give away on DVD. Um, if you want to enter this competition, I'm running it over on YouTube. I've got a video on there. You've got to go onto the video. You just answer a question on there, something like, what's your favorite SpongeBob moment ever, right? And you just enter away and you can win SpongeBob Season 9. I've only got one to give away and I can only give it away to an Australian subscriber. So make sure you're an Australian if you enter. I suspect there's many non-Australians entering at the oh, moment. I think there probably are. <laughs> but a few sneaky we'll people. Work it out. There's some sneaky people there. We will figure it out. Terms and conditions are you have to be an Australian um, resident to get the disc. Um, and if, if it turns out you're, say, from America and you've entered and you win, 
I can't give it to you, so I have to redraw it. But anyway, it's open to Australian SpongeBob Season 9 DVD. Head there. I'm going to leave a link to that video down in the description. If I remember, if I don't remember, just head to my YouTube channel. It'll be on there, like the main page. And blast him for not putting it up. Yeah, there. blast me for it. Why well, you've forgotten? You forgot to do it. I give you permission. Yeah. Now you're going to get a thousand people. I know, say, hey, I know, because I know. I just know I'm going to forget it. It's just one more thing that I have to do. <laughs> it's one more thing. I have to write this. I have to time code it. I have to figure out a thing. I have to do a thumbnail. I have to upload it to this platform and this one. Just one more thing on my mind. Whiteboard. Whiteboard. I know. That's why I got my whiteboard for. I need another one. Uh, last weekend. Now, th- today, I've been up since 5 a.m. because I was doing um, another set of interviews, Yep. Uh, which was awesome. Um, it was with uh, the... You were nice and quiet this morning. Didn't wake anybody up. No. Quiet for once because it's so early. I was just like... Uh, um, it's for the new Disney Plus short film, um, Once Upon a Snowman, which is a new Frozen short film. Um, focused on Olaf. I'm embargoed. We're not allowed to say anything about it. When's that lift? Uh, next week, I think. Sometime next week. Tuesday, the or, Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah, I think. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but we watched that last night, and then I did a set of interviews for that today with the um, like core creative team, lead creative team from Walt Disney Animation. Amazing! So I got to speak with uh, writers and directors Trent Corey and Dan Abraham. Um, lead animator Becky Brissy and uh, the producer Peter Delvecchio, who's been at the company since like the nineties, like did Hercules for crying, crying out loud. Amazing awesome. stuff! Oh, I was so good to be able to speak to these people. I'll have my interview for that up next week when I'm allowed to put it up. Um, but last week I had another interview um, with um, with the director of the Disney Plus movie Clouds. Um, which uh, Justin Baldoni directed the film. Really fantastic guy. Um, he's, he was on that. Yeah, he was, was on Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Jane right. the Virgin, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's an actor, direct staff, writer, amazing guy, really wonderful guy. And I got to speak to him last week ahead of the launch of uh, Disney Plus Clouds. It's the true story of Zach Sobiak, who was a young artist uh, who discovered that his cancer is terminal um, and was determined to spend his final days reaching his goals of uh, becoming a recording artist, successful recording artist, and became a viral sensation yep. as a result of it. And they made a film True about story. him. True story. Um, um, Justin Baldoni made a, a documentary about him many years ago and has now made um, a, a film about him. Wonderful film. We weren't allowed to say anything oh, last fan- week. It was fantastic. Fantastic film. I, I loved, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. And this is one that Disney have actually acquired from Warner Brothers. So it's mm. the first acquisition that Disney Plus have done for the service uh, as far as a dramatic film goes. Um, so strange. It's very different from anything else that's gone up on Disney+. Plus. So the, and the embargo has dropped for this one now? Oh, yeah. Sure. Last week, we weren't allowed to say anything. <laughs> oh. It's all out there now. I've got that's a review good. up there. I've that's got good. My interview with the director, Justin Baldoni, is up on YouTube as well. Uh, but what we're going to do right now is just have a very quick listen to a small clip from my interview with Justin Baldoni on Disney Plus's Clouds. I was, um, I was unaware of Zach and his story before I, uh, before I saw the film. And... Um, I've been completely just touched by his story and I think that's it's quite remarkable that he can still reach out uh, to people so long after his passing and I imagine that's a, a really big part um, of the, the experience of the film and making the film and getting it out there on such a big platform as Disney Plus uh, to audiences who there's going to be a lot of people like myself who haven't come across Zach's story before. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Disney, right? Dreams yeah. come true. Yeah. And um, 
Disney informed so much of who I am, I think, as a filmmaker. And um, and look, my my mission as an artist is to tell stories that touch hearts, that yeah. remind people that life is beautiful and worth living. Um, and uh, and look, this is all this has all been guided in a way by Zach himself. You know, I say Zach was yeah. my director. He's been a part of this from the very beginning. You know, this all started when seven years ago. I was telling his story as part of a documentary series called My Last Days with my friends at Soul yeah. Picnic and. His was the seventh story, the final story of that first season on YouTube. And um, after we met and bonded, we all fell in love. We, we, you know, we became family. I made him a promise before we died that I would do whatever I could to, to help further his mission and make sure that people all over the world knew his name and his, and his story and heard his music. But more importantly, that I'd help him raise money for his fund. You know, before yeah. he died, he set up the Zach Sobiak Osteosarcoma Fund. So at the end of the day, when, uh, when, his, when his mom wrote this book and I asked if we could turn it into a movie, the mission was not just to make a movie that touched people. It was to make a movie that touched people and inspired people to maybe donate to his fund. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we could end this. Yeah. I would say in the movie making, oh, we're not curing cancer. But that I'm like, well, why not? Quite a few movies that have touched on these themes in the past. But I, I felt like this was, um, this kind of explored that energy and that kind of that that feeling more authentically than anything else i've seen in the past how important was that for you to kind of bring that to your vision that is uh everything i hoped for because you know i've i've been very blessed to experience firsthand um the miracle and the richness of what it's like when somebody passes yeah and you know i've also been very blessed to experience the richness and what it's like when someone is born, you know, my, I had kids and there's a striking similarity between the two. Mm-hmm. What people don't often understand and what movies tend to fail to capture is the joy that comes also in death and, and the magic that happens and how people are come together and how you can have two things at once. You can have tremendous grieving and suffering and yet extreme joy and hilarious moments that unless you were there, you you wouldn't understand. It's never just this one thing. And we see these films where it's just like, you know, this person's dying and it's just miserable and dark and depressing. But this was really a movie about hope. It's not yeah. a movie about death. It's not a movie about cancer. Mm-hmm. not going to fit into any of these critics' ideas of what like a tropey, you know, YA cancer movie is. No, this is a yeah. movie about life and living mm-hmm. and the, the opportunity to seize the day, if you will, to live while you're dying or like you're dying. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm grateful you said that because that's, that was the goal is to make it as sincere and authentic as possible. There you go. There you go. Justin Baldoni, director of Disney plus clouds. Again, fantastic film. It's on Disney plus right now. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Looks like a really warm, genuine sort of person. He's a he? lovely, lovely guy. I got to yeah. speak to him for, I think about eight minutes. My interview was only supposed to be five minutes, but I got seemed about eight to, minutes. Oh, I've seen the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole interview, and you <laughs> seem to have a really good connection with him. Yeah, I maybe it's that maybe did. it's that the Italian connection. The Italian, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming he's Italian with a name like Baldoni. Well, yeah, I'd say so. Um, of course, you're half Italian. Yeah, well, so there was, you go. And you look at that, you two could be could just be <laughs> yeah. brothers. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but yeah, no, wonderful, wonderful guy. Great interview. Great film. 
as I said, it's, awesome on, film. it's on Disney Plus right now. It's really worth a watch. Definitely go check it out. It's fantastic. And as I said, it's really yep. different to anything else that's on there at the moment. And um, It's really heartwarming and, oh, yeah, beautiful and emotional. And it gave me a couple of tears. Yeah. I teared up in it. Yeah. Didn't cry, but I teared no. up in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's all uh, right if was, you cry. Nah, it's nothing wrong with it. Not wrong. Um, but no, it, it was a really warm, genuine sort of film, you know, and you... You know, you could really feel for the young bloke and what he went through, and mm. um, and I think Justin really captured. And of course, the the the, the actors were fantastic as well. Oh, they, they, were all they, they did a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Justin really captured the essence of what that young mm-hmm. young man went through. Yeah, in his Incredible. last in his last uh, months of life, you know. Mm. Yeah, it it's, it's worth a watch. If Definitely you, worth if it. If you get a chance, you. You know, get on and have a look at it. It's yeah. it's really worth a Fantastic. watch. Fantastic. I think, like I said, right, I'd say it's probably the best original film that's gone on there so far. It's sort of um, hard to watch some of those some of those films mm. um, that are that are um, you know bio, biographical yeah, yeah. of where you've got you know one of the characters is actually dying and it's a yeah. true life story. Some of those are really mm. hard to watch, but this wasn't hard no, to watch wonderful. at all. Well, like he, like Justin said, it was just about trying to capture that. You know the spirit and the energy and the happy moments, not just the sad moments. And it is a very energetic, very happy, fun yeah, movie. And that was um, by the sound of it. Oh, I haven't. We haven't seen the. Well, I haven't seen the, the documentary mm. that that um, Justin made on Zach. Yeah. Um, but um, it seemed like Zach had a real zest for life yeah. as well. Even in his even in his last days and last hours, yeah. he seemed to have a real zest. A real zest for life, mm. and didn't want people to miss him. They wanted to, yeah. he, you know, it was almost like he wanted people to um, celebrate his life. Yeah. I suppose. Mm. Well, exactly, and and, the, I, and I think Justin captured that. Oh, really for well. sure. Yeah, the film's definitely a great celebration yeah. of his wonderful celebration life of life. Again, check it out. Really beautiful, beautiful film. Um, now, speaking of Disney, oh, what have they done now? Ah, right, so Disney, Disney Plus. Right, we spoke last week about how Pixar uh, is dumping Soul on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. They're bypassing the planned theatrical release for the film. Um, there's been some interesting developments. It seems that owners of cinemas, rightly so, are pissed off, and they've mm. had enough. Um, especially considering that this is the fifth film that Disney has removed from theaters in 2020 and put on Disney Plus following Artemis Fowl, One and Only Ivan, Hamilton, Mulan, and now Soul. So it's five films this year that should have gone to theatres have gone to Disney+. Plus. This doesn't just mean that us as consumers, as movie viewers, don't get to go and see it in the cinemas, but this means that the cinemas can't play the movies and make their revenue. Their revenue right? Yeah, that's right. They stay alive. They miss out on their, their customers. Right? We all want the cinemas to stay alive. Yes, we do. Now, a Euro. This is an article from Deadline. Headline: Euro Cinemas rep calls out Disney for sole switch to streaming. Says theatre operators are shocked and dismayed. Now, this comes from the UNIC, the International Union of Cinemas. They issued a statement last week. Very long statement. I've clipped a fairly long section out of it, but I think it's important to read. Um, now, they came out and they said Walt Disney Studios' decision to release Soul directly onto their Disney Plus streaming platform, depriving many audiences. Um, across Europe from seeing it on the big screen has shocked and dismayed all cinema operators. 
The vast majority of cinemas across Europe and indeed many regions of the world are now open and able to offer a safe and enjoyable return for audiences. Cinema operators have invested massively in offering the safest possible experience to their audiences on the basis of a promising schedule of new film releases. Yet again, however, they they find a distributor delivering another blow. The decision on Seoul is doubly frustrating for operators who were conti- uh, who are counting on the release after the film was previewed at a number of key European film festivals. I think just this week they previewed Seoul at a film festival. Very lucky people who got to see it on a big screen. That would be nice. Um, the statement goes on to say there is compelling evidence that where audiences have returned, they found the experience both safe and enjoyable, but it's also clear that it is the release of new films that will make all the difference in encouraging people back to the big screen. Indeed, across Europe, many cinemas have since reopened successfully, screened countless local releases, underlining the fir- that first-run titles are now more important than ever. Decisions to postpone titles, to bypass cinemas and the value they create are extremely disappointing and concerning and will only delay the day the whole industry is able to put this crisis behind it. It is not only cinemas and audiences who are missing out. This situation must surely also be deeply frustrating for the creators and talents who want to see their films on the big screen. It's no exaggeration to say that by the time some studios decide that the moment is right to release their films, it may be too late for many European cinemas. Not just European, I think worldwide. cinemas worldwide. Well, we've already seen the Americas, um, Australia, every, everywhere. Well, we already saw last week. Uh, Cineworld in the UK closed all 128 of their theatres across Britain and Ireland, uh, temporarily, of course. Hopefully. Hopefully it's only temporary. Um, And they closed a further 543 screens in the US under the Regal Cinemas brand, uh, which is owned by Cineworld. Um, So accumulatively like 700-odd cinemas have closed like last week. This is nuts. This is one thing that I guess you... No one's really been talking about until recently is the how the theatres are actually going to be hurting from this. It's not just it's the conversation. I feel has shifted from oh I don't get to see my movie on the big screen to oh shit what's happening to the cinemas? Mm. Exactly. These poor right. cinemas. It's not now about oh me as a consumer. It's now about these people that provide us with that uh, thing that we consume. Yeah, exactly. But it's not just, it's not just the theatres. I mean, you only. Reading um, uh, not long before we started recording yeah. um, about the comedy. Is it the comedy? Oh, yeah, the, the comedy. comedy club? One of the What's comedy clubs here in, in Australia, um, comedy, the Comics Lounge. The Comics Lounge, just one that, uh, yeah, the Comics Lounge, just one that we've been to a number of times. Great place. Great little venue. Um, and they, they sent out an email just before we started recording actually saying that they've like depleted their funds. They closed down at the beginning of the pandemic, they've depleted all their funds and reserves and they're now asking the public to donate so if you're in melbourne you're a fan yeah. of, the, of the film what's it called comedy Co- the comics the com- lounge the comics lounge um get onto the on on yeah. to help them out they've got like a kickstarter Cause, thing cause going on because there's not a lot of those venues here in no melbourne. there's a couple but that's not that's many. the, ma- that's the, and main, that's the one. main one um, I think I think it was in financial trouble a few years ago. Not sure. And and it was bought out by somebody. So hopefully Not somebody sure. will come along that can afford sure. to pour a fair bit of money into it and keep it alive because it's a venue that that um, is really needed. I think, oh, particularly in, particularly in Melbourne, you know, we're you know we're sort of considered as the cultural capital yeah. of Australia. I mean, that's debatable. If you <laughs> live in other states, of course. Yeah. Um, um, so I think it's a really important sort of. Venue, 
um, because there's not there's not really any any, any venues of that sort no. of quality and caliber in Melbourne. There's a cut. There's yeah. There's, there's a couple, couple but, of them, but not many. But nothing, but nothing like that. No. That that's got a, a huge reputation worldwide. Mm. That 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 um, that venue. Yeah. Well, Chris Rock was there. Yeah, I'm randomly, right. randomly, he just, he just when he when he comes into town, yeah. he just rocks up there, and if yeah, you happen to be there that night, you get a you get a free Chris Rock. They use it as like a test. They use it as like a testing ground for the comics that festival. come out. Yeah, for yeah. the comedy festival. So it's usually just obviously local artists, but when big international artists come out, they will usually go to the comics lounge or one of these smaller comedy venues and just do like a test show out of the blue. You show up to see a show, and then bloody Chris Rock walks out. Yeah, right. Like how amazing. Uh, but yeah, this it's a GoFundMe thing. They had raised like seventeen thousand when I looked at it before, and now it's up to almost eighteen and a half. I think even people. Like, I think Sarah Silverman. I think she's been there. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But they've <laughs> had international acts and stuff there before. Oh, they, so, get, yeah. they get a lot. Oh, right. Arge Barker. Yeah, yeah, plays yeah. there. Yeah, great, great yeah. venue. Uh, but yeah, so um, I don't know. It's just it's so. So let's just hope that's not the way that cinema's going to go. Really? Well, hopefully not. I mean, we've already seen it happen with Cineworld, and hopefully they can get back up on their feet. Mm. What is going to happen? Are we going to see more and cinemas only, closing? Well, the only way to stop it happening is when they reopen, get out there and support them. Well, this is Go why, and see your films. Oh, yeah, exactly right. And this is, why I'm, this is why I keep calling the last few weeks is Disney, Warner Brothers, anyone, Paramount, any, Universal, whoever's been delegating their stuff to streaming, which is pretty much everyone, really. We've mm. seen at least one film from each distributor has been delegated to streaming. Put these films in the cinemas when they reopen. Give Soul uh, a limited release, Mulan a limited release. Put that Tom Hanks bloody thing that was on Apple Plus, Apple TV, that, what was it called? Was it Greyhound? Who was on the no, ship as yeah, the captain? Yeah, something like that. Right, yeah. put that up there. Yeah. You know? Get, give these films small, limited releases and get people back into cinemas to see these movies we're just so dying to see, right? Yeah. Now, only a couple of days after this statement went out, Disney, oh, Lord, Disney announced a massive change-up in their operations, which has done nothing but stoke the flames, right? <laughs> only a couple of days after they've been called out by oh. Unic. They're just fanning the fire. Throw a, bit of, throw a bit of fuel on the fire. Yeah. A bit of petrol on the fire. CNBC reported, Disney are restructuring their media and entertainment divisions, centralising their media business into a single organisation that will be responsible for content distribution, ad sales and Disney+. Plus in an effort to further accelerate its direct-to-consumer strategy. Now, this happened effective immediately. CEO of uh, Disney, the new CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek, sorry, Bob Chapek, went on CNBC, made this announcement, effective immediately. That's when the, the change happened and the stocks for Disney bloody skyrocketed mm. immediately after this. I've got a very small clip here of Bob Chapek on CNBC. This is what he had to say about it. Well, what we want to do, Julia, is accelerate our transition to a real direct-to-consumer priority company. Uh, we believe that we've got the opportunity to build upon the success of Disney+, Plus, which by almost any measure has been far and above anybody's expectations and really uses to catalyze our growth and uh, increase shareholder wealth 
Yeah, I would not characterize it as a response to COVID. I might say that COVID accelerated the rate at which we made this transition, but this transition was going to happen anyway, because essentially what we want to do is separate out the folks who make our wonderful content based on tremendous franchises from the decision-making in terms of where the prioritization is in terms of how it gets commercialized into the marketplace. And what we want to do is leave it to a group of folks who can really see objectively across all the constituents that we have, the various different considerations that we've got, and make the optimal decision for the company as opposed to somehow having it be predetermined that a movie is destined for theaters or that a TV show is destined for ABC. Right. Oh so essentially what he's saying is all these divisions, I've said it in the past, Disney are so divided up. And if I want to contact anyone at Disney, I have specific contacts for specific areas of the company, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that be home media, whether that be Disney, animation, that be Fox, the, well, the 20th Century Studios side, Lucasfilm and Marvel, right? Disney Parks, Disney yeah. Channel, Disney Plus. They're all just separate. They're all separate. Not anymore. All one. They've, all, all one. they've created this one new team of people who so, go on. it's now their job to decide what content goes where. It says no more about, oh, we're making a film for theatrical, we're making a film for Disney+, Plus. we're doing this. It's we're making content and now this team decides where it's going to go. Mm. That probably goes back to what we were talking about last week about, uh, or the last couple of weeks, about um, the large blockbuster films will probably go to cinema. Yeah. And the ones that would have gone to cinemas in the past that weren't mm -hmm. blockbusters yeah. will probably go straight to yep. streaming. Exactly right. Well, Disney have had a terrible run at non-blockbuster films the last 10 years. Everything that's a blockbuster, most everything that is a blockbuster, goes out from Disney, billion dollars plus, right? Had a few flops here and there. The movies that haven't performed very well are the smaller films that aren't based on anything other than like maybe a book or you know something like that, not, not part of a massive franchise thing. They're pulling like two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000, which is a huge drop down yeah. from a billion dollars or $2 yeah. billion, right? So all these smaller films will now go straight to the streamer. Absolutely no doubt. The only movies we'll get in cinemas from Disney will be blockbusters. Big blockbusters. Yep. The Marvel films. Yep. The live-action remakes, which do a billion dollars each, most of them. And I reckon a lot of, even a lot of the Marvel stuff will probably go straight to streaming too. Well, yeah, because they do, well, they're doing all the Marvel TV series now for streaming, so I don't know. So, I mean, this is – the question is, what does it mean for the theatrical experience? I think it's just that. It's just that you go to cinemas to see big blockbusters and you stay at home to watch the smaller-scale stuff, the, the independent stuff, the mm. stuff that – they're not going to make money on in cinemas, which is a huge blow. Yeah. Well, it's hard to sort of work out what they'll do because you've got um, – what's his name? Um, the director of The Mandalorian. Uh, John Favreau. John Favreau has just come yeah. out and said that they want to be filming the third, third season thing. of The Mandalorian mm. this year. Yeah. And part of – Part of the interview that I saw with him, or read, sorry, mm. didn't say, read of it, of it, was that he said that um, uh, he's not going to count out, he's not going to count out um, crossover. Sorry, not crossover film, mm. but part of this, part of this um, 
fran- this franchise, mm. the Mandalorian yeah. franchise, going to cinemas. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so it's still, yeah, because now the big rumours are shit Mandalorian movie. Yeah, yeah it's going to be weird. Yeah. Well, Bob Chapek was actually asked about what this means for the theatrical experience. And you'd hope that he'd come out and go, ah, it's fine. Theatres are fine. We're still making movies for theatre. No, they're not. Well, <laughs> the answer was... They're making, they're making movies and putting it on a platform where they can make the most money out of it. Well, let's, That's what they're going to do. Well, let's have a listen to what Bob, Ch- Bob Chapek said, right, when he was asked about this. Yeah, so yeah, as you know, we've benefited from a tremendous relationship with theatrical exhibition for many, many, many years. Uh, as dynamics change in the marketplace, though, we want to make sure that we're giving consumers who want to go to theaters to experience everything that a theatrical release can give them. We want to make sure that we continue to give them that option. But at the same time, there's a lot of consumers that want to experience a movie in the safety, comfort, and convenience of their own home for whatever reasons they do. So we want to make sure, that again, that we put the consumer first and the consumer is going to be making the decision in terms of how they consume our media as opposed to some arbitrary decision that we may make from a distribution standpoint. So we want to look at ourselves as consumer enablers. Mm. Consumer enablers. Yep. So it's not theaters first. No. It's consumer first. Yep. And it's and then that's what they're in. They're, 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 you know, they're there to provide oh, exactly right. entertainment yeah, yeah, yeah. To, a, to a consumer, to you and I. Yeah. And everybody listening. Yeah. So you can sort of understand that. Um, but, you know. It's sad. It's sad. Doesn't, that doesn't sound it great doesn't, cinemas, it, does it? It doesn't, no. It doesn't help all these, you know, it, it might sound like doomsday stuff. Oh, cinemas are closing. Cinema. Far out, man. I don't know because that's, it's, you know, like two or three days after, you know, the European Cinema Union uh, come out and said, Oh, we're we're feared. You'd, you'd hope that a studio would come out and go, "Oh no, it's okay. We're still going to support you guys." We've got Disney, who yeah. again is the big studio who everyone else follows, are coming out and going, "We're just going to do what's best for our customers." Exactly right. And if our customers are paying more money for Disney Plus than are going to cinemas, we'll put it on Disney Plus. And you'll have, you'll have you'll have lazy CEOs from mm-hmm. other studios going. Good enough for Disney. Let's just do it too. Exactly right. Instead, of, instead of taking a an, a, a, an opposed stance mm-hmm. and go, I think this is best for our brand to, to yeah. go to cinemas or whichever, they'll just go, Disney are doing it. Why don't we just do it? Well, again, Disney Plus comes out instantly. Warner Brothers, HBO Max, Universal Peacock, Platinum, um, Paramount Plus is yeah. coming next year. So they've all the big studios have got their own streaming platforms now. And they're just going to follow Disney. They're watching and they're going to see what they do. It's been the same since the 1920s, right? Everyone followed Walt Disney and everyone keeps following the name, the brand. And again, I've said this a number of times, it goes back to this talk that I saw with Jeffrey Katzenberg in 2014, six years ago. He was at the time the CEO of DreamWorks Animation. He was asked in this talk where he saw the future of cinema in the next 10 years. We briefly went over this in the pilot episode, but since then I've actually found an audio bite. This is what Jeffrey had oh, to say awesome. six years ago about where cinema was going to be in 10 years' time. So 10 years from now, movies will come into movie theaters and they'll be exclusive in movie theaters. My guess is two weeks, a little bit, three weekends, something like that. You know, 15 days, 17 days, something like that. And then after that... Movies will be available everywhere 
to everyone on the planet, and you will pay for the movie based on the square inch. So the bigger the screen, the more you pay for it. <laughs> so if you watch it on a you know, projection in your home, you'll pay $12. You watch it on a 70-inch, 75-inch TV, you'll pay six ninety five. You watch it on this, you'll pay $1.99. People will pay for this not based on windows of availability, but on the size of the screen, meaning the quality of the presentation that you see. <laughs> Doesn't that just sound exactly like what's happening right now? <laughs> it's been a long time coming. It's been a long, long time coming. Mm. And this is something they've been planning for years. And that was how long ago that that, that talk ago? Six years ago. Six years ago. Yep. So Chapek um, went on to say, actually, that um, the that this is something they've been talking about doing for ages, but the pandemic has accelerated the speed at which it's happened. Mm. That's what I've been saying yeah. the last few weeks is yeah. they've all gone, okay, it's our chance, just yeah. jump for it right yeah. now, just do it, do yeah. it. And they've done it and it's paying off. And sadly, it's at the detriment for the theatrical experience. And I'm going to be very sad to see cinemas go. Very sad. Awful. Well, you it'll it'll go in waves, you know, like yeah, like, like it was we were saying was it last like last week, yeah. week before that, you know there was that 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 period late late nineties mm-hmm. early two thousands yeah, yeah. where cinemas were struggling, yeah, and it was because of you know big franchises like Marvel and and um, Star Wars that that they had a revival, mm. um, and they you know they've enjoyed a really good run the last I don't know, yeah. fifteen years or so, mm-hmm. um, and you know. They'll probably have a bit of a lull here, and hopefully, at one at one point, um, it'll come back again. You know, it'll come back in waves. Well, I, th- I don't think cinemas will close down completely. I, I think, don't think so. As we've said, they'll stay open. They might be there might be less around, and it might be that films go to them on a, a limited release, and then, like Jeffrey said six years ago, they go into cinemas for fifteen days, and then they're on your streaming platform. Yeah. So Black Widow goes to cinemas 15 days later. You can get it on Disney Plus, right? Um, I think that's kind of the way it's going to go. And actually, the interesting thing about this whole thing now, it, it completely making sense. The penny has dropped why Bob Chapek was chosen to be the new CEO of, of Disney after Bob Iger stepped down. Uh, he was previously the head of home media. He then went on to head of consumer product and then was the chairman of Parks and Resorts. So he is behind like merchandising, direct-to-consumer materials and, uh, you know, distribution and stuff for many, many years. I was baffled at the beginning. Why have they chosen this guy? Why have they chosen a guy whose primary focus at the company has been like direct-to-consumer like products and merchandise and parks and stuff? Why not choose Alan Horn, who's the co-chairman um, of Disney and runs the Disney Studios as a CCO? over at Disney Studios, or Alan Bergman, who works as the co-chairman alongside Horn. I was thinking, why not put one of these guys, the movie guys, in charge? Mm. Like Bob Iger. Bob Iger comes from a history of entertainment. Um, Eisner came from, and, and Katzenberg came from a background of entertainment, of making films. And then they picked this consumer products guy, this guy who is, you know, all about distribution to, it makes sense now. yeah. The penny has dropped. Yeah, it exactly. makes sense because that's where the, the company is now going. Mm. But, dro- you, but you've got to, got to ask the question as well about mm-hmm. physical media. Oh, yeah. What do you, what's going to happen with that? I don't know. 
we, we I, think, I think you'll see the death of death of I eventually. have a feeling we might. We know that Disney have been reassessing their home media situation for a while. Uh, back catalog's taken a hit. Back catalog was demoted um, to the Disney Movie Club uh, recent, like five, six years ago. So the only like back catalog stuff, like older films that were coming out on Blu-ray, had to be part of the Disney Movie Club to get those. And films. you can only be you can only US, be American or yeah. Canadian, yeah, to get it, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I had to get a mate of mine over in Canada, Vince, to send me the stuff. To actually get it, right? So it's the only way you could get the catalogue stuff. And customers outside of the US are just locked out. So these releases weren't even put on, uh, you know, general release internationally. So the only way you could get movies like Pollyanna or Old Yeller or The Absent-Minded Professor, like absolute classics, were yeah. through the Disney Movie Club. So that was one step towards this is such a niche thing now. Recently, there were reports that Disney are not doing any more 4K back catalogue for live-action titles, um, and that that applies for live-action Disney and Fox, or the the old Fox titles. Um, but they're adamant. They've been adamant for a while that their physical releases are still still happening for like the, the new films, like new big-release movies. Mulan is apparently coming out on Blu-ray next month. But how long will this go on? Exactly. How much longer? Say, for now, they're going to do. How it. much longer can they keep stringing that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's not going to be that long. I think. Um, oh, you remember we um, guy we used to work with, uh, Pete. Mm. He oh, um, yeah. he he had everything on hard drives. He didn't want physical media. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that 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 do it that way, and they'd rather stream, and they don't want to. Yeah. They don't want the clutter. And another and stuff, friend right. of ours, our, uh, Marshy, who he would he would um, he had uh, thousands of films, and he finished up. He finished up. Um, what did he do? We got rid of. Oh, he got rid of his because he had a huge of, yeah. DVD collection, and then just digitized them all. Yeah, and then got rid of all these DVDs. Just gave them away to people. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So just that's the way people are going. I think physical media will stick around, but it's going to be a real niche thing. It's going to be like boutique labels. Like Criteria and Arrow, Eureka, like the Australian teams over like Umbrella, Shock, they'll be running the market. It'll be just these smaller boutique labels. I think we'll see all the big studios drop out of that. I'm already having trouble getting in contact with contacts in home media divisions overseas already. Oh, really? Because of because of the pandemic and stuff, a lot of them stopped sending out media copies few studios were sending me review copies of like the US ones. Has almost been like a radio silence from a few of them um, because they shut down a lot of printing fa- uh, presses, where, especially when they had like the whole state lockdown in California. Um, and they said, oh, well, we can't send stuff out because all the presses and all the factories and stuff were closed. Once everything reopened, it's almost like they just went, oh, no, we can't send stuff. So mm. it's almost like it's just this really weird thing where I don't think anyone really knows what's happening and it's almost like this pandemic has been that final nail in the coffin. Well, so there's, there's that contact you have here in Australia. Is it with Shock or is it with um, where... Oh, Shock is doing it all by himself. Yeah, doing yeah. everything himself. Like you'll send Incredible. him an email and I won't hear from him for a week. Yeah. And then you'll because email him so again and say, oh, yeah, I saw that. Sorry, I, 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 yeah. you know, I forgot. Or, 
you know, I'm here doing everything. Amazing. Everything the stuff. Oh, he so does doing amazing distribution stuff. And well, he, go, he does stuff from design, design designing, the, yeah. designing the DVDs, deciding what gets released, putting the releases together. Like they do all these box sets. He puts the box sets together. He's liaising with um, the distributors to get the rights to the films. And he's sending them out to people. He's taking the shipments. He's replying to people like me on the email, sending him emails every third day going, did you get my email? You know, he's amazing. Like amazing, yeah. one man team over yeah, there at the moment. It's everything. crazy, and I've said this in my past videos. I mean, it's kind of like commendations to be able to, you know, do that in this oh, man. Crazy, crazy times, madness. So I don't know, and, uh, and even and even like um, contacts you've had with. Disney will mm. change almost month. Oh, month, all month the studios, month. all the studios. Yeah, you will have contacts that just rotate, like every year or so. It depending on you know, it could be from any division in the company. But you build up a rapport with someone, and then suddenly you send them an email, and they're gone, and someone else has taken but, but over. You've, there, there's been a couple where you where they've gone, and all of a sudden you'll you'll find out that they're at, at another studio. Oh, at another studio, so they doing swap. the same job yeah. in a different studio. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's just a re- just a very strange industry, and it's crazy to have to navigate it. I love yeah. it; it's a lot of fun. But it's yeah. like st- something like this comes in and just tips it on, it tips it on its head again. Oh, it's tough stuff. It's crazy. Mm. So I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this. I feel like it's all we've been talking about. It's all there has been to talk about recently. But it's developing so quickly and so rapidly, uh, day day on day, oh, hour, on, hour on hour. Yeah. So um, in other streaming news, again, as we said, studios are selling off their films to streaming services. We've had another uh, film go to a streaming service this week or been sold off to a streaming service. Paramount have sold off the Coming to America sequel, also called Coming to America, but the two is a two. <laughs> Coming to America, right? This is, of course, the sequel to the Eddie Murphy film, Coming to America, um, this was meant for a December 18, 2020 theatrical release, and Amazon bought it from Paramount. So they'll re- uh, release it exclusively on Amazon Prime on the same release date that it was supposed to go to theaters, December 18. They scooped up the film for $125 million, Ooh. which is a record number for a film acquisition from a streaming service. If that doesn't tell you that this is the way that the future's going, I don't know what else is going to. This week, Bob Chapek comes out and says, well, we're just going to leave it up to the consumer. Whatever the consumer wants, consumer first. Yep. And then we've got Amazon slamming down $125 million to take a film coming to America. Now, this is, in comparison, Paramount sold another film recently, uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, big film, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who wrote West Wing, Social Network, A Few Good Men, Moneyball. He's my favourite writer my favourite writer of the modern age. I just love his stuff, right? And it stars Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Frank Langella, and many, many others. Netflix bought it for $56 million. Mm. It looks like a screen. It looks great. <laughs> looks really good. Really, really good. Um, and I don't know if it's out yet or it's coming, but I've heard good reviews and it's so it looks, it looks amazing. But, yeah, so that's $56 million Netflix paid for that compared to 125 that Amazon paid for coming to America. $125 million for a film that's probably going to be pretty Probably cheap. pretty average, to be completely <laughs> honest. That's probably not going to be very great. Um, 
I mean, the first, the original one's a classic. It's, but, pre- it's a pretty ordinary film, but it's oh, good yeah, fun. That's great. Fun. It's hilarious. Eddie Murphy, classic Eddie Murphy, right? Yep. And a sequel to it, like however many years later, who, you know, who knows how it's going to go. Um, but Amazon know that there's going to be a big um, following for it, a big fan base. So they've slapped $125 million down. They'll and, get their money back. Oh, yeah. It's not like Amazon need the money, really. It's pocket change. That's like dust, dust in the pockets of Bezos. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Right. Jeez. Pull, pulls out a roll and it's got bloody three million in it. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah, um so that's where that's that's the way it seems it's going at the moment. And we'll keep you all keep you all updated as we do every week with the um the further developments, which is just again happening so rapidly. Um in other news this week, more Spider Man news. Well, it's not really news. It's more like rumours and stuff like this. Um, of course, two weeks ago, Jamie Foxx confirmed to be reprising the role of Electro. Last week, Benedict Cumberbatch has confirmed to be in it as Doctor Strange again. And this week, a few sources have reported that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have signed on. Um, because as we've been talking about, there's the rumours, which is pretty much confirmed at this point, that they're doing like a Spider-Verse thing, multiverse thing, Right. And Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield will come in as alternate universe Spider-Man, right, and fight alongside, um, uh, what's his name, Tom Holland. Um, just kind of like the animated film, but in live action. So Fandom Wire led the main report. They've been known to publish some fairly unreliable stuff, so we take it with a grain of salt, yep. right? But they sound like this whole thing, one outlet shares something, everyone else shares it, it becomes a big thing. Sony, ET Canada, reached out to Sony for a statement. And they came back with, this is it, is that this is the whole statement. Those rumoured castings are not confirmed. Mm, didn't deny it. There's not a denial. No. Ooh. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> These, those rumoured castings are not confirmed. That is it. Now I've... So, so there, I, by that I'm reading the... the, the I'm the, reading it's happening, it's not confirmed. Exactly right. And whether it's happening in this film or another film, who knows? It's it's something. It sounds like is probably on the table, but has not been signed in ink, or has just simply not been announced or confirmed by the studio just yet, right? And I've I I know well enough. You contact the studio to try and get like a a uh, you, you contact the PR the, the PR team to get confirmation on something, and if it's not announced, they will come back with either I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry, that's not true. And then two days later, you hear it's announced, right? Yeah. This is not a. This is not happening. This is a. It's, oh, not confirmed. This is not confirmed. So it's a little glimmer of hope in there mm. that the Spider Verse could be happening. Oh, could be exciting. <laughs> oh, getting all spider tingly. My spider senses. Spider senses. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, so yeah, that, that could, that's that's an interesting one. And um, we've got a reboot of the Rugrats coming up. Oh, awesome! Now I showed you this yesterday. It's a great little show. I love the Rugrats. The kid. I wore my Rugrats jumper a couple of weeks ago. My new Rugrats jumper from Zavi. Yep. I love it. Um, so they're doing a new a new reboot. It's in CG animation. I did a little video on it. The news, cartoon news. Um, so yeah, it looks good. You saw the picture. Looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, it looks so much fun. It's going to be like just going by a picture. I mean, that's all we've seen. It looks like it'd be cool. It's just obviously it's going to be a reboot of the original series in uh, CG the original animation. people attached to it. Yeah, or? apparently. Well, all the oh, surviving it'd have to be good. A few of the cast members 
have passed away. Um, so the, those remaining cast members are returning. And I think... Producers, directors... I, I believe like a lot of the creative team are back on board. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. I think it's, you know, a lot of the people who were involved in the original series are back. So it could be good. Oh, I loved well, it. Well, if, if, if they are, if it's, you know, original directors and producers and writers and stuff like that... Can't mm. help but be good because that, that was fantastic. Yeah, I that was loved a great, it. That was a great. That was my show. favorite show as a kid for sure. I used to love sitting and watching it with you. It yeah, great. so much fun. Yeah, so there's been um, a few other movies announced this week. Last week we kind of we kind of went over a few that have been announced, and there's a few more this week. Mm. Ridley Scott, yeah, who is 82 years old, right, and is currently attached to 70. Movies in development as machine, a producer, right? Machine, that man. Fourteen of these have been announced as they're like in production now or soon. The others are probably just a bunch of stuff that he's been randomly attached to and may or may not happen. But that's seventy projects in development, some sort of stage of development that he's attached to. Um, and then as director, it was like eleven in development as director, and four of them announced. And, and it's that doesn't include this. And this doesn't include this new one, which has just been announced, which is called Kitbag. Kitbag, which is a biopic, I assume, yep. on Napoleon. Napoleon. That's right. Uh, with Joaquin Phoenix in mm. the lead role. Yeah. Not much else is known, but that's it. No, that's about all. Yeah. It's not a lot known. Um, but Ridley Scott's attached and Joaquin's attached. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be good. It'll be good. Love Ridley yeah. Scott stuff. And I think that the name the name the name for the film Kitbag comes from what did they say? I can't remember what they said. It was something about um um oh, I can't remember. It was something yeah. about in your in your in your kit bag in your kit bag you've got um access to a general or something oh, something right. some yeah, some yeah. sort of military quote. Oh, fair enough now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. Um, he's just wrapped work on a film called The Last Jewel, starring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer, which is about uh, King Charles uh, VI declares that night Jean de Caroche, I don't know how to pronounce that real wrong probably, he settles his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. That's apparently out October 2021. Oh, I hope they I hope they do that. You don't pull out the glove and go, hey, yeah. you <laughs> slap, slap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's his last film. He's just wrapped that and that's out next year apparently. Another mm. director who has got a film coming out. I mean, many directors have got films coming out. <laughs> but um, Someone else, Adam McKay. No, I think he wrote this one too. Yeah, he writes pretty much everything he does. This is called Don't Look Up. It's um, IMDb describes it as a pair of astronomers astronomers, try to warn everyone on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months. Massive cast. Massive cast. Stacked. That's what, that's what caught our eye. Oh, yeah. It was because of the cast. The cast. Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Matthew Perry, Chandler, Massive Ariana Perry. Grande, Himesh Patel, and Kid Cutie. Massive cast. Stacked Huge. cast. Huge. I Does that mean it's going to be crap? Oh, well, yeah, usually all the, the time you usually get these. Usually the big, yeah. big cast of the crap film. Yeah. Um, IMDb says it's a comedy. Of course, McKay's best known for comedies like Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, The Other Guys, Get Hard. But he's done some more kind of dramatic, like, dramedies recently, like Vice, The Big Short. 
So it'll be interesting to see what kind of tone this one takes. I feel like it's probably going to be more like the latter two because of the cast that's involved. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like, I mean, DiCaprio's done comedies and stuff like that, but I don't f- see him doing like an anchor man. Mm. You know? Well, Jennifer Lawrence can do a comedy. Kate Blanchett oh, yeah. can do comedy. Joan, Joan Hill, Hill, of course. course. Matthew Perry. Yeah. Um, and Hamish Patel. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Oh, that, so that's all we know about it. But, yeah, that could be great. I'm looking Might forward to that. Might be a dramedy. That. I think it'll be a dramedy. It'll be like Vice or The Big Short. That's how I, that's how I feel anyway. Mm. Um, Bill Nye is set <sighs> to star. I love him. He's amazing. Uh, he's set to star in an English reworking um, adaptation of Akira Kurosawa's 1952 film Ik- Ikiru. 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 Ikiru, yeah. I think is pronounced. Um, it's about a bureaucrat who tries to find a meaning in his life after he discovers he has terminal cancer. It's not one of Kurosawa's samurai films. It's like a more scaled-back kind of um, drama film, really. It's almost like a – it's not a film noir, but it has that kind of low-key kind of feel, really dramatic sort of film. So they're doing an English version of it. Um, it's been written by Kazuo Ishiguro. I apologise again if I got the name wrong. <laughs> um, he wrote the original novels of The Remains of the Day and Never Let Me Go, which will both turn into films, of course. So that could be interesting. A lot of people are yeah. like, oh, how dare you touch a Kurosawa film, right? Of course, Star Wars was based on Kurosawa. Yeah. You know, he's such a big influence on so many Western films, right? And this is just another one of those things where – an English version is being made of, uh, you know, Kurosawa work. I look forward to it. Should be yeah. good. I like Bill, Bill Nye, Nye and Bill Nye. the original uh, Ikiru. Brilliant film. So, oh, looking forward to that one. Be interesting. And um, we've got another one here. George Giorgio Clooney. Yeah. Georgie Georgie Clooney. He's adapting John Grisham's Calico Joe. Mm. Um, he's producing it alongside production partner Grant Heslov and Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Apparently Bob Dylan really? has a production company and he's brought it to the table and, yeah, they're all doing it together. I suppose George Harrison poured a lot of money into yeah, films. True. So. Yeah, uh, Clooney's going to direct it too. Deadline says um, that the novel, Calico Joe, uh, tells the movie, uh, moving story about fathers and sons, forgiveness and redemption set in the world of Major League Baseball. Ooh. Sounds more like something Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner would be, would be <laughs> attached to. Yeah, exactly. uh, but George Clooney yeah. is doing that. Um, he has another film in the bag too called Good Morning Midnight, also known as The Midnight Sky. So when you see it on George Clooney's IMDb page, it's Good Morning Midnight, but you click on it and it comes up as The Midnight Sky. Oh, so I don't know. One of those weird, <laughs> one of those weird things. Um, he's in it. Uh, stars George Clooney, stars Felicity Jones, who I love. I think she's great. Kyle Chandler. Coach. We love the coach, yes. And David O'Yellowo. Um, so that's a great cast. And, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm. I don't really know too much about that. Oh, it's a post-apocalyptic tale which follows a lonely scientist in the Arctic as he races to stop um, Sally and her fellow astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. So it sounds similar to that Adam McKay thing. <laughs> We got a lot of these um, sort of uh, what do you call it? Apocalyptic things happening at the moment. Mm. Um, so it's completed. It's supposed to hit cinemas this December. This is the Midnight Sky one, not the baseball one, not the Calico Joe. Good morning, Midnight. Okay, the Midnight Sky supposed to hit cinemas this December, but it, it feels like something 
that Netflix or Apple or Amazon is going to snap up. So I don't know. We'll see about that. More than likely. Netflix probably. Probably. It's just that, you know, it just feels like that kind of movie that just won't get put out there unless the streamer is going to pick it up, especially right now. Yeah. Well, it's not a big blockbuster film or anything like no. that. So you would think that Netflix or mm. Amazon will come to the rescue and yeah, pay for it and put it on. Well, hopefully, but you know, I think it's see it somehow. George know. Clooney. I mean, you can't go too too no. wrong watching a Clooney film. No, I've loved almost everything he's been in. A couple yeah. of duds, but just as as is everyone's filmography, really. Mm. Um, but. What do you do? Not a lot. It's part and parcel <laughs> Just of watch it. it wherever you can watch it, I exactly think. Exactly right. Um, let's get to some subscriber questions. That's about it for the news this week. Uh, it's been a bit of a bit of a, a thin week. A few big revelations, a few few big yeah. um, a few big developments, but other than that, been very thin this week. So let's mm. do some uh, subscriber been, questions. Still been crapping on for a while. Yeah, an hour and twelve yeah, minutes worth right now, yeah. Mm, some subs- subscriber questions. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start, Blake? From the top, yeah. Blake, Blake Eisen, again. who's a patron and yeah. uh, has been for a long time. A long time. And followed Dave since the almost beginning, day almost. one. Yeah. Thanks again, Blake. Um, as as Twitter is down, Twitter was down this morning. Oh yeah, wasn't Twitter it? was down, man. I was trying to tweet and it wouldn't send my tweets. Yeah. And then I found out that it was happening to everyone. And then I finally got it working for me. And I got the post out. I should have done it yesterday, but I've been so busy I completely forgot about my post about give me some questions. So I put the post out and other people were still having problems with Twitter and couldn't mm. tweet me questions. So Blake sent it on the Patreon platform. Oh, uh, okay. So he says, yeah. as, as Twitter was still down for me, I thought I'd post my question for the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Do you think the cinemas will stay open full-time for the remainder of 2020, so, uh, surviving off 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 reruns heading into Christmas season, or do you think they'll close down until next year brings new releases? And on a side note, he says, "Go Storm." Of course, Melbourne of course, Storm. Melbourne Storm in the, yeah. in the in the in the NRL. I'll yeah. be I'll be watching that tonight. Yeah, beautiful. Go um, Storm. So, well, I don't know. I feel like they probably will. They'll stay open as long as they can, where they can, and then. I don't know. It's so unpredictable at the moment. Yeah, I think they'll they'll probably. I would think they'll stay. I think they'll stay open and scrape through. As far as I'm aware, there's people going to the movies. There's people bringing in, you know, a little bit of money. As long as they can survive on, you know, a bit of revenue, people Mm -hmm. going to buy popcorn and all that stuff. Not here in Melbourne, Um, though. Not in Melbourne. Not yet. Um, I've been saying that for the last seven weeks. Not in Melbourne. Not in Melbourne yet. Um, Hopefully, I think they'll stay open. I feel like it wouldn't be a Christmas season without the chance the opportunity to be able to go to the theater the cinema yeah, exactly uh, so i feel like they will let's hope they do anyway yeah uh catherine alvarez who's another mm. long time yeah seen her commenting um, quite sub, a lot. i think um i don't know how long but she's mm. always commenting yep. uh what's your idea of a perfect muppet movie oh perfect muppet movie well i've been vocal about the recent muppet show which i thought was dreadful um it's just so stupid for me the Muppets, I've said this a lot, and it's a controversial thing for a lot of people, but I feel like the Muppets could not... The Muppets were very successful for a small period of time. 70s through to like, well, the late 60s, 70s, through to the very... Sorry, late 70s, 80s, and then through the very early 90s, 
and then the novelty wore off and they haven't survived past, you know, that 90s yeah. kind of period. Yeah. It's that kind of thing that new kids aren't watching shows about puppets. They're watching no. CG animated shows exactly on TV, right. right? I've always felt like the Muppets, not only just the style of a show with puppets, but the humour. Yeah, that kind of edgy exactly right. humour, and it's it's a very dated. And I feel it like was it's great a, when I was a kid. It's a brilliant, <laughs> like brilliant shows. And I, even I grew up with. There were Muppet films in the cinemas in the nineties. They weren't as great as the classic ones, but they were still good fun. Like the Muppets Christmas Carol, the Muppets Treasure Island. They, they were a lot of fun. Uh, I still think the Muppets Christmas Carol is the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol ever. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Like it, Michael Caine's performance in that, he plays it so straight as if he's playing Scrooge in like a literal adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which to a point it pretty much is. Yeah. But he's playing opposite these Muppets and there's just something uh, so... And the Muppets are just taking the piss. Taking the piss, <laughs> but he's so serious about it. And I think it's such a great adaptation of the text. Um, but that was something the Muppets did so beautifully, right? But that's something that doesn't translate anymore. No. So I, and I feel like they got very close with the films that Jason Siegel did like 10 years ago, yeah. like that, were, especially the bad. first one. They were really yeah. good. I enjoyed the first one. Um, I feel like, well, again, as I said, it's just it's not something that has translated well into the modern era. No, I think, I think, the kid, I think kids today, the, the series are seeing amazing CGI yeah. and yeah. 3D and all those sorts of things. Yeah. That, and that, again, that yeah. humour is just so outdated yeah. now. But for me, a perfect Muppet movie is, like, what they keep trying to do now with the Muppets, like the new thing that's on Disney+, Plus, everything, they're trying to make it super modern, super like the Muppets, are, you didn't see it, but they were, the new Muppet series is kind of designed as if it's like a YouTube show. So the Muppets are oh, like okay. influencers and Miss Piggy's hosting like a like a makeup channel, like a beauty channel and um, Kermit the Frog's doing like um, directing and then you've got like a, the chef's doing a chef, like a cooking show on YouTube. Um, so it's very modernised, doesn't work. Yeah. The Muppets don't translate to the mm. modern day, right? I didn't like it. So my idea of a perfect Muppet movie, long-winded answer <laughs> for such a short <laughs> question, is you go back to that original style. you got to go back to like the original, what made the Muppets work. Don't try and update them for modern times. Scale it back. Do that crazy, zany, irreverent humour that they were well-known for in the 70s, the 80s, right? Um, that's the perfect Muppet movie. But then again, I don't think that's going to be well-received today. Mm. So maybe put them to sleep. Don't kill them. Don't kill the Muppets. That's not what I'm saying. Just put the brand to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Looney Girl 64, what's yep. your most anticipated film for 2021? Uh, I don't know. Well, depends on what's coming out next year. Um, the stuff that's currently on the slate, I'd say Black Widow, Spider-Man 3. I feel like mm. Spider-Man 3 especially is going to get bumped. Um, but other than that, maybe Luca from Pixar. Looks oh, really yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, Jimiro Fernandez, mm-hmm. uh, were you disappointed that Soul has been moved to Disney Plus? Because I was, I must admit. Yeah, it's a movie I would love to see in cinemas. Oh, looks stunning. Like, yeah. anime, um, animation looks beautiful. Yeah. They released a new trailer this week. They put out a bunch of new, like, pictures, like, first look images. Oh, it just looks stunning. I'm very disappointed I won't get to see it on the big screen. Well, hopefully they'll have a limited well, release, I'd like even, to see even it, if yeah. it's a, even if it's at um, IMAX or something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll still pay the money and go and see yeah, it. I think exactly it'll be beautiful right, for sure. Uh, Toonager. Yep. Um, uh, what does he or she say? I'm very excited for the upcoming Animaniacs, Animaniacs reboot. 
are you? Yeah, of course I am. It looks so good. I did. Uh, I've been covering it, the Animaniacs. A lot of people are interested in it because the videos have been doing well. Whenever there's Animaniacs news, I do yeah. a video and it does really well. Um, they did a new, the new first look clip came out this week. Looks so good. So good. And it is, again, they've brought back the, this is one of those things where they bring back the original writers, the original production team. They bring back the original cast. Steven Spielberg is back producing it as he did the original series. It just looks so damn fun. Mm. And the clip they put out, I don't know if you saw it or saw much of it, but they riffed on Jurassic Park, which is a 25-odd-year-old movie. How many shows are doing a, a spoof of a like 25, 30-year-old film these yeah. days, right? So they're sticking to the core of what made them them and just being zany, irreverent, and very um, like self-aware. And it's... Again, it's that thing that Muppets needs to do. It needs to stick within that original star that made them so perfect. Mm. It looks amazing. I'm so excited for it. Animaniacs. Uh, okay, next one. JD Navarro, or Navarro, however you yep. want to pronounce it. Um, how are things in Australia right now with everything going on? It's going all right. I mean, well, everywhere but Melbourne seems to be doing okay. We're doing okay at the moment. I mean, we recorded two cases today. Um, and no deaths, which is And no deaths, which is beautiful. Great. So hopefully, I think we've got an, on Sunday. We have a yeah. We find out what's happening. Find next. out whether we whether we're getting um, relaxed restrictions yeah. and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully we can sort of go because we're only allowed we're only allowed to travel within five kilometres of home. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll that'll, that'll drop that drop and, and there'll be a few other bits yeah. and pieces. I don't think I don't think things like uh, retail stores will open. Mm. I don't no. I don't imagine I don't imagine there'll be there'll, there might be. Um, you might be able to go to a bar and a and a restaurant, but it'll probably be only outside dining and stuff like that. But yeah. who knows? Who we'll knows? have to wait until Sunday and we'll have more. Things are going okay. They're slowly getting there, slowly getting better, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see what It's just sort of period. starting to get everybody yeah. emotionally, mentally, you know, yeah. at the moment. And that's the tough people thing. Just, people just want it to be over and yeah. done with. Yeah. We know it's not going to be over, so no, it's we thing. do the best we can. Yeah. Last, last question, Samster Madness. Mm. Is that Samster? Yeah, Samster Madness. Samster Madness. Madness. Uh, what's your favourite 2000s Nicktoon? Well, I don't think I was really watching Nick, Nickelodeon. I don't know if I was watching a lot of that kind of stuff when I like in the 2000s, it was on, 2000s. It was on our cable provider, Fox, yeah. Foxtel. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, can't remember you really watching I, I was always watching like Disney Channel over Nickelodeon. So a lot of the early Nick stuff I saw because they played on the ABC when I was very young, like Rugrats, Real Monsters, Hey Arnold, Angry Beavers, they were all played on ABC. But then later years, actually I don't think we had we didn't, didn't have Nickelodeon on Optus originally. It was Cartoon Network. You only had Cartoon Network and then Foxtel had Nickelodeon. So the only way I'd be able to watch the Nickelodeon oh, stuff yeah. was at, really? at Nan's. Yep. That's why I never watched any of that. That's why there's this whole like period of Nickelodeon stuff I missed out on because we didn't have it. But it, it did come in. We have it now, and we've probably had it for 10 years. But, no, there's this period where the only way I could see Nickelodeon was if we went to Nan's house. Oh, okay. Because right. that was on was that on Foxtel? But that was on Foxtel and not Optus. Because we, we had Optus. We had TV. Optus at the time, right. yeah. And Foxtel had Optus oh, – sorry, Optus had Nick and Cartoon Network, but we only had Cartoon Network. Um, so I was always watching Cartoon Network or Disney Channel. But I believe that Rugrats um, was like called All Grown Up or All Growed Up. Or all Growed Up. Like yeah. And that was the like spin-off of the Rugrats where they were like teenagers. That was fun. Yeah. I saw I saw quite a bit of that and I really liked that. But it'd have to be the Rugrats. 
Has to be that, yeah. yeah. Rugrats. So there you go. And there you go. And that brings us to the end it's of another, another show. And there's another week. Seven weeks down. Who knows how many more to go. Hopefully... Many, many more, as long as you guys out there keep listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can, of course, find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down. And tell your friends to get on, too. Tell your friends to get on. Leave stuff, you know. Do, you know, leave positive, positive reviews. reviews. And we'll get out there on the podcast platform and random people will find it. And that's what we love because then the random people form the community. Exactly right. And that's what we want. And that's we, what this is all about, building community. Exactly right. So, look, again, you can find me YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Uh, you can find links to that down in the description below. This episode is going out on podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the major ones. Haven't sorted out Amazon yet. We'll get to that. Um, and it's on a bunch of the minor ones as well. Uh, the visual element is also available to view on YouTube. That goes out two days early to Patreon supporters. If you want to support the show and support the Dave Lee Down to brand, patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Down Under. Um, this week on YouTube... For as little as a dollar a month. Little as a dollar a month. Very exciting. Cheap Very, very cheap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last week, I launched my Top 30 Simpsons Treehouse of Horror on YouTube. Um, I also launched my review of Disney uh, Plus Clouds and my interview with the director, Justin Baldoni, so you can check all that out. This week, I'm finally launching the next cartoon, Evolution, which is Casper the Friendly Ghost. Very excited about that. I need to finish that this weekend. Hopefully, uh, I'm definitely going to get that out to patrons early, I promise. It's going to happen. Uh, so that's out Tuesday the 20th to everyone. Voice Evolution will follow on Thursday the 22nd. I'll also have my interview with the Walt Disney animation team behind the upcoming Frozen short Once Upon a Snowman. Uh, the Spongebob competition is going, so get on and try and enter that. You win yourself a, a, a Spongebob Season 9 on DVD. The music stops. I'm going to start it up again. Right, so if you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email to daveleepod at gmail.com. Thanks to old mate Rick for joining. Thanks, Dave. And thanks everybody out there for listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and stay safe. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.